0: Hello, and welcome Behind the Marquee, the podcast where we talk about what's going on inside and outside the Michigan State Theater and in the independent film scene uh, in our community of Ann Arbor. My name is Nick Aldrink, and I'm the Programming and Media Coordinator for the Michigan and State Theater. And I am joined by two guests from the Nevertheless Film Festival, but I will let them introduce themselves.
1: Hey, um, I'm Meredith. I am the founder and festival director of Nevertheless
2: Film Festival. And I'm Alana Davis. I am uh, one of the programmers and I'm the artist relations director as well.
0: Thank you so much uh, to you both for for joining me virtually for this episode.
2: Thank you. Of course.
0: So this is uh, this is the second annual Nevertheless Film Festival. It's starting today, July 9th. It's running through July 12th. So The second annual, uh, you did it at the Michigan Theater last year. And then, unfortunately, you know, for obvious reasons, this is meant to be, this is going to be a virtual festival this year. But before we start talking about that, why don't you just let our audiences know the mission of your festival and uh, how it's different from other film festivals?
1: Yeah, so, Nevertheless, uh, it's about elevating the work of women in film. And it goes beyond just talking about the director uh, the idea came to me about two years ago to work to start a film festival that goes beyond the conversations that had been really happening in the industry, which I felt like when it came to gender parity, kind of stopped and started with talking about the director's chair. So, nevertheless, in order to qualify to submit to the festival, you have to have at least 50% women in specific leadership positions behind the camera. So, we're really just kind of using the platform to elevate works of film that really are as inclusive, more inclusive than others that we've seen in terms of when it's when we're talking about films that address gender parity. So, you know, it's it's just giving a platform to women made films. And we really mean made like, you know, editor, edited by, produced by, written by women.
0: Mm -hmm. Meredith, uh, I as I'm looking on uh, your website, uh, neverthelessfilmfestival.com, it mentions I like your your personal story that it mentions in there of why this festival started. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So, well, I started my career in the industry working in film festivals, and that's where I met Alana. We worked together at Sundance Film Festival for the 2015 festival. Um, yeah, but thanks. also in, with, for a couple years, I also worked in film production, and as has Alana, and I'm sure she can attest that it is there are... It's, it's rare to be more than one of just a handful of women. In fact, I can only think of one time in my couple of years working in film production that I was on a team that was that had at least fifty percent women. So, I when I had the idea to you know take people like take colleagues that I'd met over the course of my couple of years working in festivals such as Alana and the other programmers, um, the first thought was okay, this will be for films that have inclusive film crews. Because of my experiences, as well as the experience of my peers, of rarely, if ever, being on a film crew that actually feels inclusive in terms of gender.
0: So the path of deciding, I'm going to start a new fil- a film festival, how do you start sure. acquiring people to, for like like Alana, how do, where, where does that conversation begin? Like, this is what we're going to do.
1: The, one of the biggest reasons why I thought of starting a film festival was because of the people that i had met over the course of my you know seven years working in the specific side of the industry like the festival would not be possible without the team of people that we kind of created to make this all happen so the way that it the first yeah the first step really was talking to my friends who i had made working for festivals like sundance and tribeca and then you know using our kind of collective brain power to be like okay well the first step is making sure that people are submitting films and then having people who really know film festivals watch these films and think like oh would this be a good uh fit for our kind of imagined audience so yeah Alana definitely take it away
2: (laughs) yeah I mean it was as Meredith is kind of like creating her team it was kind of a no-brainer when she approached me about it because as uh you know as we're working film festivals you can't help but think oh I would love to do it this way I would love to start a you know, process to do things this way, to screen these types of films, to focus on this. And it was really a cool opportunity, a cool and unique opportunity when she approached us of just creating something that was entirely our own. You know, we've each worked, everyone who's on this team has kind of worked in different facets of film festivals. And that's why it worked so well uh, last year at the Michigan theaters, because we're all so diverse and we each had our hand in a lot of different slices of the film festival uh, pie, I guess you could say. So it was really a great opportunity, and just like I jumped on it to create something that was entirely our own and that we were proud of, and just really excited to to kick off.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, how, how many people are on your team?
1: It's like ten of us. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so it's yeah. A, a team of, of programmers, all of whom have different experiences, as Lana said, in the film festival industry, but also in general in the media industry. Like, I have a friend, uh, Radhika, who is a U of M alum that we, we met in undergrad, and she is, she writes, she is an entertainment writer. So it's, and she just, just loves, you know, film and television. So it's a, a really cool mix of people who have worked for film festivals or who have just attended film festivals. And then there are, on top of the programmers and kind of included like Alana completely runs the artist relations department. So that means that as soon as a film has been accepted, they chat with Alana and she collects all of their materials and is kind of their main point person. And then we have uh, Nicole who helps with uh, PR stuff and then the wonderful Holly who kind of did all of the operational support when we were going through the really long uh, programming process.
0: Okay, so how about how many would you say submissions that that you get to your to your festival?
1: Yeah, this year was about the same as last year, in that it was uh, between two and three hundred. Um, wow. We we were, you know, it would have been cool if we would gotten a lot more, but I think um, coronavirus really slowed oh, down. Yeah. I mean, our our as I'm sure you're aware at the Michigan Theater, like our you know our submission period was open from december to april and then once march first hit it was like
0: yep Yep.
2: (laughs)
1: which is understandable
0: yeah everyone's kind of all things
2: considered i think that that is still a really great number of
0: submissions that we've
2: had i mean for a second year you know festival we still got traction
0: no that even before all us hit. Yeah. That, 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 that's great that you got that many submissions. Did you, do you are you attracting audiences from across the, across the country? And are, uh, do, are there any, did you get any submissions from overseas?
1: Yeah, totally. So we got submissions from five continents. Last year we wow. had six, this year was five, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, we, and our final program is uh, representation from eight different countries. So it's, it's definitely an international program.
0: That, that, that's terrific. That's incredible um so it's unfortunate that this is your second annual festival and I I remember at the Michigan there we had a a really great crowd there uh and it's unfortunate that COVID hits uh right when you're about to make your big return but how 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 do you decide to continue the festival virtually what was uh what were your weighing of the pros and cons there
1: totally we we definitely had a number of internal conversations because we were kind of watching the film festival world just come to a screeching halt i mean yeah. i remember where i was when i got a cnn alert saying that south by southwest had been canceled yeah. and i just remember thinking okay that's march things will be better by july right yeah. <laughs> uh, nope um, yeah. so yeah i mean i think you know i'd love to hear kind of alana's perspective on this but from my perspective it was like okay if our options are postpone it indefinitely, cancel it, or go to you know, try something totally different. To me, it was we have to do something different because this is kind of this is all of our passion project. And to push it further off in down the line, like we who knows what we'd be doing, what other jobs we'd be having, like to, to, to say, oh, we'll do it later in the year when things are still going to be unclear. That to me was not really an option.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean the conversation for a second year festival and we obviously had such a great experience last year so like Meredith just said to move it in any way and kind of um, detract from the idea of oh nevertheless this is happening mid-July, you know, Michigan based. Um, I don't think we wanted to change those dates at all and have people get confused. And so keeping it virtual, um, and, and, you know, I mean every single festival is moving virtual and it's going to be really interesting to see once the year is over how they all handled it because they're all handling it very differently um, depending on, you know, how big they are. And luckily with um, the virtual platform that we're using, we were able to pivot almost seamlessly to virtual, Mm -hmm. which is like a godsend. And I think that, um, you know, people are still, unfortunately, it's still a pandemic still going on. So people are still in their homes and looking for something to watch, um, some independent film to see. You know, the consumer base is still out there. So we're, we're really excited to see Mm-hmm. um the channel debut our program and he was going to
0: turn up yeah it's been one thing that since uh since all this hit is it's been stunning to see this technology it's seemingly come out of nowhere like i don't know about you i didn't i didn't know about zoom until uh about four, four months ago let alone you know what distributors and filmmakers could do to stream their films seamlessly mm-hmm. to to the public what's something that, that you're excited about to just to stream your your festival virtually like what's something that you're doing this year that you wouldn't have you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise
1: yeah i think there are a lot of silver linings coming out of this I, at first before this was kind of becoming the norm it, i felt i felt bummed i felt like okay this I don't want to cancel it, but we're just going to have to do this because this is the only option. But now it's becoming kind of exciting. I mean, mm-hmm. I am really excited about the fact that every single screening is going to have a Q&A. Last year, mm-hmm. as a first-time festival with a teeny budget, and we're all just kind of like busting our asses, trying to figure out how to do this thing, we were able to fly in a small handful of filmmakers this year, it's the equivalent of being able to fly them all in because they all get to participate in a QA, and a which yeah. to me, I think, is one of the most special parts of the festival is when people can you know, ask questions. And the, the, what's really cool about the Q&A feature on our virtual platform is that it's like a live chat, which is so you can watch live and then type in questions and the moderator will be asking the filmmakers those questions in real time. So that's personally something I'm excited about.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, that... no, I would, I would have to say the same. Like, it's it's just going to be great having these filmmakers who are so excited to debut their films, whether they're feature, whether they're short, doc, narrative, um, from all around the world, who are going to be able to participate with us and just share their story. Honestly, share their story about what their life has been like and what their take on, like, filmmaking in this new world is mm-hmm. going to look like. I'm really excited to talk to those guys and i think that's going to be a really interesting discussion when you tune in for the q a
0: yeah that's definitely something that i've noticed as well uh like i said it's it's a silver lining it's um just being able to talk to filmmakers that we would have never brought to the theater otherwise we've been doing a lot of that the the similar type of zoom conversations and probably something that we're going to bring we're going to keep doing even when the theater reopens like now it's like the doors, the possi- doors of pop, uh, possibility, are open for us to just chat with filmmakers uh, at any time. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's that's another like huge silver lining is that I feel like this virtual aspect is going to be something that a lot of not only us obviously, but a lot of film festivals, large or small, around the around the country, around the world, are mm-hmm. kind of going to now integrate into their. Um, into their yearly platform. I yeah. think it's just so cool to have it so accessible.
0: So your, your festival, your program, consists of six feature films and 20 short films. Can you walk us through, uh, how the virtual experience works?
1: Yeah. So there are two, so basically, well the, something important to note is that the program is available across the entire country. So if you live in the U S you can participate. So that's another cool silver lining is that we're open to a much broader audience. Mm. Um, and yeah, so there are two ways to participate in the festival. You can either buy a single ticket to watch one film, uh, Or you can buy an all-access pass, which will allow you to see everything. And uh, when you buy a ticket to a film, you also get a ticket to that Q&A for that film. But if you have an all-access pass, you can watch all of them. And yeah, so starting, you know, today, July 9th, um, all day today through all day, well, until 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday the 12th, so all weekend, you can watch the movies that you have a ticket or an all-access pass to at any time. So it's pretty cool because it's it's on-demand viewing in a way. You can you know press play whenever you want to. You'll have 24 hours after you press play to watch the film, and then scheduled scheduled throughout the weekend are the live Q and A's, which we really hope people participate in in real time. Um, even if you haven't watched the film before the live Q and A scheduled, we'll try not to spoil anything, um, so you can go and participate, ask some questions. But then also all the Q and A's are recorded, so you can watch them after the fact as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, as I said, it's kind of an experiment, but I think that people are really embracing it. We have a lot of people who seem interested in, um, as Alana was saying, like, people kind of really quickly began to embrace this new reality of how we consume content, especially content that isn't regularly available. Like, you know, you can go on demand and rent Trolls World Tour if you want to, but you're not going to have access to these really cool independent movies that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to see.
0: What's something that i guess looking ahead we we've we've spoken about uh you know the the silver linings of this virtual world and how it's going to continue into probably into future festivals i'm wondering what uh maybe if, if we look at nevertheless year three 2021 what's something that you're excited that you that you were excited to to showcase to do this year's festival that you weren't able to do uh, because of COVID. I suppose, what, what can we look forward to, to in, in the future that wasn't able to happen this year?
1: I think Alana has an answer to that.
2: I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> um, the biggest thing, which I was excited about personally, and uh, I Meredith and I had spoken about, that we were really stoked to bring to the Michigan Theater, was um, virtual reality. So oh. we were looking to, yeah, we were looking to um, set up some Rift Oculus Rift headsets, um, some HTC Vive headsets within theoretically the Michigan theater. We didn't even get that far in the discussion, but um, that was the big hope for our 2020. Is just to like have an even bigger presence within the Michigan theater. Um, and to have virtual reality. So it's absolutely, you know, something that we're looking forward to for twenty twenty one. Um, I think it'll be really cool to just have a, a new medium and something that, you know, you wouldn't normally see showcased in the Michigan theater.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it would have been really cool. Alana produces the virtual reality uh, program at Tribeca Film Festival. So she really has her fingers on the pulse of the kind of the, the films that people are making in VR. It, you know, VR is so much more than just playing a video game. It's you, people are making like works of art and it's it would have been pretty cool. But, you know, in the future. yeah,
2: <laughs> In the future. And that's, it's something that, you know, hasn't um, had such a full stop that VR has a full stop I guess that film making has um, during Mm -hmm. the pandemic Mm -hmm. so there's still uh, creators out there that are actively you know on their computers finishing they're getting a chance to you know finish these projects that they Mm. have awaited you know we've awaited for a long time so there's probably going to be new stuff um, new VR pieces for us to showcase in 2021 Old favorites. Um, we're looking to hopefully do some interactive pieces, uh, all ages pieces, mm-hmm. documentary narrative. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's the big that's the big hope for next year. Fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I could see VR being something that would, if if it was just a little step further, that uh, maybe like five years in the future, VR would be something. Th- incredible for for isolation in covid times i mean i feel like you could just put on your yeah. Neverless, or you could put on your headset and you could just be at the michigan theater and you could be attending Whoa. the festival
2: <laughs> exactly i well, mean I you're not
0: too far off you're
2: not too far off it's it's in its like infancy that kind of uh technology now which is something that I, you know we've We thought about even with like Tribeca, and we 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 were able to showcase some of our VR stuff at Tribeca. Mm -hmm. So you're not far off, honestly, with people putting on their headset. I mean, it matters if you want to be in a headset for 40 minutes. I guess it's about (laughs) comfort, but putting on being in the theater, getting to see the Q and A, like, um, yeah, we might be there. You're right.
0: One of, one of the aspects that I like attending festivals the most is the community. Like you get out of a screening and then you're all right there and there, you just have to talk about what you've just seen. How are you implementing that into a virtual landscape? Is there any way for people to form a community and talk about the films?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a great point. Um, I think the kind of, most simple solution to that potentially is we're really hoping to engage people on social media. Um, we're going to be encouraging people to share kind of videos and photos or, you know, thoughts about the movies using the hashtag nevertheless 2020 um, which surprisingly isn't like a very common hashtag. So we claimed it. Um, but right. Because yeah, the reality is you're not going to leave a, uh, the movie theater and be able to talk to people in the lobby. So our social media presence I think is pretty strong. Um, so we're going to hopefully be able to, you know, post funny videos of people with their cats on their you know, computer screen, <laughs> and stuff. So it's really just kind of embracing the weird reality that we're all currently living in.
0: And before we start to, 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 to wrap up here, I'm really excited to, to take part in this festival this weekend. Um, I mean, obviously, this, maybe this is an unfair question. Maybe it's, it's hard. to. I'm asking you to choose. If there's something that maybe like what's your personal pick that, that, that you can give to an audience out there who aren't able to buy an Access Pass? What's some, or maybe maybe there's a few. I'm uh, I'm not going to confine you here to just pick one. But what's a program that you are really excited about?
1: Hmm. Here, I I can go first. Um, So there's a documentary that I really love. Our documentary program is really strong. And there's a feature documentary called First Vote. And it is, so if you're into politics at all, this is a great documentary. It is kind of mind-blowing. It's about, it follows uh, about four different people. They're all Asian-Americans. And it's about kind of, they're voting for the first time. Well, not necessarily all for the first time, but they're voting in the 2018 midterm elections in States, primarily in the South. And you see people across the political spectrum. Like I have never seen before. I definitely surround myself with people who think a lot like me and not saying that's a great thing, but this documentary is a great way to see a huge variety of, um, different opinions. Um, and it, it's totally mind-blowing, I think. Um, so. And that one's going to be really cool because that's the first Q&A that's happening. It's Friday at 8 p.m. with mm-hmm. the director, the editor or producer, and uh, one of the film subjects. So that'll be really great. I'm excited about First Vote. Um, I also love short films. So are, we have four different programs of shorts that I love. Um, it's, I love shorts because, you know, you watch something for a couple minutes and then it moves on to something completely different. So I love... All of the shorts programs, the narrative shorts program is really strong. I mean, they're all strong, but that one's going to be really cool, and that conversation is the last Q&A of the weekend at 5pm on Sunday, and it's going to be moderated by Karen Coleman, who works for the Museum of Modern Art in New York, and she has an organization called The Future of Film is Female. She's really cool, so that conversation will be really, really great. Um, So that's my two. Alana, what are Mm -hmm. yours? What what about you?
2: I mean, yeah, I am just like Really, um really impressed and you know excited and proud of the submissions we got this year and the program that we managed together um, because the narratives are narrative features are super strong, the docs are super strong um, and just really engaging. So I, I think. Um, I want to highlight um, one feature film, there's um, a doc that has has. I've played a few other film festivals, but we're really excited to uh, bring it to uh, the last that does have ties in um, Michigan is Wage Change, which is about um, the fight for one fair wage, essentially. And... Uh, wage equality across the board, not just for uh, white men, but for women of color, for people of color, for, um, it does have some, uh, you know, I won't spoil it, but it does have some cool ties into into Michigan itself. And that mm-hmm. is a uh, Q&A is Sunday. For that, um, we will have you know the director and some of the subjects for that, um, so that is one I've I've really enjoyed, and that you know is timely and speaks to a lot of issues going on right now. And then, as far as the shorts, we have some really um, I'm I'm really into you know weird, you know unique shorts, and we do have some midnighty, I guess you could say shorts that are at the festival of this year. So the shorts are, are spanning the board. Um, we have one called Succo, which uh, is just a really wonderful, brilliant kind of creature uh, short, I guess you could say that's equal part creepy and thrilling Um and just, yeah, some really cool. I'm excited about the, the, I guess, for lack of a better word, midnight shorts this year. Okay. Yeah, late night. Late night. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, as you were reading these, I'm a stucco, an agoraphobic woman finds a suspicious hollow wall in her house. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That, that is, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, it's a
1: great log. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: I'm sorry I cut you off. Oh no, I'm good. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. And I as you were sorry. speaking, I also noticed that all uh, when you mentioned first vote, you said a portion of ticket sales for this film will go to API Vote Michigan. And I just noticed that, that that's the case for all of them and they're all going to Michigan organizations. Were these something was this something that you Sorry, I'm not. I'm not quite sure what. But so, how yeah, no, I,
1: I know. I know what you mean. I know <laughs> what you're asking. Like, how how the charitable giving kind of came to be.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. So, as as we realized, we were definitely going to be pivoting to a virtual platform, and as the world kind of seemed to be unraveling a little bit, I realized this. The Nevertheless Film Festival is about empowering women, and I also thought, well, we could also use this as an opportunity to just empower everyone and to give back in a way that is meaningful. So all of our films, every single screening, so that includes the six feature Feature films films and and the four short programs, are paired with a nonprofit organization. All, if not some, most if not all of the feature film nonprofits are based in Michigan. And I chose to do that because... Our festival isn't in Michigan, but the state of Michigan, you know, was, and the community of Ann Arbor was so welcoming to us in our first year. And I wanted to give back to the state in which we held our inaugural festival. So we have different, um, t- percentage of ticket sales are going to different nonprofits. So as you said, uh, first vote is going, uh, percentage of ticket sales are going to an, an organization called APIA vote. And we're going, we're giving it to the Michigan branch. Um, and that organization is kind of about, um, you know, empowering voting rights to Asian American people, uh, which is very relevant to the film. And then we also have a movie uh, called Hungry to Learn, which is about uh, students facing food scarcity in college. And so we're going to give a percentage of ticket sales from that screening to uh, the Maize in Blue Cupboard, which is the University of Michigan student food pantry. So they're very thematically tied to each other. And then our four shorts programs are partnered, are, we're giving percentage of ticket sales to just different semi-related organizations. For example, uh, the documentary shorts were giving ticket sales to an organization called Brown Girls Doc Mafia, which empowers women of color working in the documentary space. So, you know, 2020, it feels like a really good year to be trying to help other people and give back. And this is just kind of one small way that we're doing that. So when you buy a ticket or an all-access pass to the festival, whatever screening you choose to go to will give a percentage of those ticket sales to a bunch of different organizations.
0: That's really terrific. Thank you so much for, for, for doing that. All right. So again, the, the nevertheless film festival will be running, uh, today through, uh, Sunday, July 12th. The website is neverthelessfilmfestival.com and I, they can find you on social media as well, correct?
1: Yeah. So it's, um, nevertheless film festival on Facebook and Instagram, and then nevertheless FF on Twitter.
0: All right. Perfect. And uh, be sure to check them out. Uh, Anything else that you'd like to like to plug before we go?
2: No, I don't think so. Yeah, Visit the website, (laughs) check out the film guide, Mm -hmm. read through, figure out what stuff you want to see, and then watch it all.
1: (laughs) And send us your pictures using hashtag nevertheless 2020. We want to see some creative stuff.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Meredith. Thank you so much, Alana, for for joining me. Thank you. And uh, best. Thank you. Best of luck with the festival, and I hope we can catch up again and uh, have a, a retrospective on it, uh, in in the in the awesome. coming. Yes.
1: Weeks. <laughs> I'd love that.
2: Thank you so yeah. much. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All
0: right. Us. Bye. Bye.